0: Hey guys, Kyler back with Kyler Burrell's Unended Podcast, episode number 60. Um, big week of combat sports, we're definitely going to dive into that, we got a lot to talk about, um, go over a little, you know, what's what's next. Um, we'll talk about Usyk Joshua first. And uh, you know what does the future hold for both of them, especially in Anthony Joshua coming off a loss. Um, all things UFC 278, three big fights. Um, talk about Aldo. We'll start off with Edwards and Usman. What is Costa do next? Rockhold, Marab, Aldo, and what's next for these six fighters? We'll give. I'll give a one one fight. Uh, one fighter prediction for each each fighter who I think they'll face next. Obviously, Rockhold Retirement. We'll talk about him, though. Um, sounds like Usyk and Fury will happen. We'll get into that. We'll talk a little BKFC as well. Um, that'll come a little later on. We're going to actually kick it off the college football preview. Uh, my pre-week one top six Heisman rankings. My pre-week one college football top 23 power rankings. And I don't know... I have my conference champions, I believe, for all of them. The Big Twelve is a little bit tougher. I just don't know. I don't know about the Big Twelve. So we're gonna get into that first. Um Then we're gonna get my Premier League match day predict- reaction from last week's Premier League match day three. Then we're gonna get into my predictions for match day four and match day five because they kinda run there's, you know, uh champions or yeah, champions leagues gonna be coming up and a lot of domestic cups. So they kinda run you got Saturday, August twenty seventh and twenty eighth, and then match day five actually starts August thirtieth on Tuesday. We'll also go Wednesday, August thirty first, and Thursday, September first. Um, so we'll get into the reaction after college football. That's when then we'll get into combat sports, and then I want to do a little fantasy football drafts recap. I've drafted uh three of my uh three of my ba- uh, money leagues. Um, I still got two or possibly act two, possibly three left, and we'll also we're going to talk about the first annual podcast fantasy football league it is it is full um we'll talk about that at the end too but i want to go through all my rosters and stuff right now i'm basically after this podcast league i'll be in like completely four different i've had i'm in a dynasty league a keeper league and then a full redraft and then obviously the podcast league will be super flex tight end premium um but let's get into college football preview to begin this i don't know if this will be a too long one it'll go past 30 a little past 30 won't probably go up to the hour mark but I did want to get my college football preview out because next week we'll have uh, combat. Uh, we'll have UFC predictions back because they're off this weekend. I'll give my start. You know, I'm going back to my you know predictions. You know, five the top five college football games that week. The uh, my five spreads of the week. Um, and then you know, obviously combat sports will be back. Big fight night card in France coming up on September third. Um, talk next week. I'll talk a little bit about my two. You know, KU and Texas A and M's outlook on their schedules um and we'll have a recap next week of the uh uh podcast league though know, how it drafted and stuff and we'll go through on the pod. i'm gonna have a live i am not with like people with me i'm going to do a podcast though during so i guess it won't really be on it we're gonna do our own sunday night podcast at six thirty so it'll be seven thirty eastern six thirty my time we'll go through i'll literally i'll hit the live i'll go live on the podcast five minutes for the draft and then we'll I'll, probably do it's a lot of picks so i'll probably do the first we could i'll probably have the first 10 rounds here and then i'll post the final results on twitter as well and we'll get into more of the rest the rest of the results the podcast that'll happen tuesday or wednesday of next week um but let's get into some college football preview uh so like i said we're gonna do top seven top six heisman rankings my pre week one college football top 23 power rankings and my conference champions i'm probably going to Pull up some odds and, you know, just see what people are thinking. I really don't know about the Big 12. I think it's iffy. I think there's a lot of teams. You got Oklahoma, um, Texas, Baylor, Oklahoma State, TCU is going to be pretty good. K-State should be pretty good. So we'll see. I haven't really decided on the Big 12. I'm pretty set on the SEC, Big 10, ACC, and Pac-12. I'm just doing the five major ones. But let's get into the my pre-week one top six Heisman rankings. So I will do a top six after every week. Um, I'll do a, a college football top twenty-three after every weekend. All the games are done. I'll do my. I'll update my rankings, my my Heisman rankings, my Power rankings after each week. Um. And again, yeah, whoever's in my top four at the time, that's who I think will be in the playoff. Obviously, it doesn't matter till you know we get a little bit later on, but we'll get into it here in a minute. Let's go with the Heisman will Start at six because the Heisman rankings is a little different. So we'll start at six. Let me get a drink real quick. Okay, at 6, I have Jackson, Smith, and Jigba, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. Um, let's just go ahead real quick and pull up on him. New window. The game he had, uh, this would be the twenty twenty-one, or did they play that in the, on the new year? Was it Ohio State versus Utah Rose Bowl? Box score. This is an unbelievable game. Ohio State was getting battered. At one point it was 35-21. Yeah, 30 or 35-14 at one point, I think. So let's just get into the box score here. And Jigbo's under they also have Marvin Harrison. Ohio State's gonna be ridiculous. People are already counting it. I mean Stroud had Stroud was 37 for 46, 573 yards, six touchdowns. I'll talk about him here in a minute. He's obviously gonna be in these rankings. Smith and Jigba had 15 catches for 347 and three touchdowns. Marvin Harrison Jr. also had three touchdowns. I mean, those two coming back, probably the best receiving duo in college football. That Jackson, Smith, and Jigba, it's tough for receivers to win it, I feel, for sure. You know, quarterback, obviously, is the favorite. I actually have a defense player on top in my pre, uh, pre-week one. I just think this guy's ultra special. I have one running back and three quarterbacks and a receiver. So, yeah, and Smith and Jigba is going to be the best receiver in football um he's probably gonna be a top 10 pick coming out next year I think he's I'm pretty sure he's not I don't think he was a true freshman I think he was a redshirt freshman so he's gonna be a redshirt sophomore he can come out after this year he will probably be a top 10 pick alongside with his quarterback at five I got Caleb Williams from USC you know yeah they will play some they'll they'll play a tough defense <laughs> in Utah you know the rest of the defense is in the back 12 Oregon we'll see um but I have a feeling he's just gonna put up a lot of stats A lot of of yards, a lot of touchdowns, running and passing. He's definitely going to be in the conversation. At four, the best running back in college football, B. John Robinson from Texas. As long as he stays healthy, he's going to have an unreal year. Uh, He could end up being a top 10 pick. That's how special his talent is. I know running backs don't get taken very early, but there's exceptions. Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley. I'm probably missing a few that have gotten taken really high. I think he's no doubt going to be top 15. If he has as good as year as people are thinking, which he should, he will be a top fifteen draft pick come next year. That's what we might also have uh, next week on the podcast. I might do my first pre first way too early before this NFL season even starts and college football season starts mock draft. There are some games this weekend, but they're not great. All my predictions like for the the top five games are the September third games this weekend. You got some okay ones, but not great. So, and I don't I don't know how much I like any of the spreads, but if I do like the spreads, and they will be on my top five. I will post them before Saturday. I haven't really looked at the spreads for this week because it's kind of, the week one is kind of runs in two weekends. You know, it's this weekend and September 3rd. So, uh, number three, I have Bryce Young, quarterback from Alabama. You know, people are going to say you should have over Stroud. It's, you know, people though, you know how it is with, you know, people don't always want to give a guy two Heismans. It's tough to do. It's tough to do. You know they want something new each year, and you know I do. I think he could win it. Absolutely, he could win it. He's unbelievable. Him and Stroud be the first and second pick. You know, as long as you know both those teams at the top need quarterbacks, which in my projections the top three draft picks would be, and you know, rearrange them how you want. Houston, Atlanta, Seattle. I think all three of those teams need a quarterback. Maybe Atlanta finds it with Ritter, and maybe it's just and you know Dave. I just don't see either of those three teams saying, oh, I think Ritter and Davis Mills or Drew Locke, th- those guys could, are better prospects or could put us in a better position in five years than Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. I don't think you can say it. So at two, I have C.J. Stroud. We just talked about his Rose Bowl performance. Uh, they're going to be better defensively, which they need to be. I mean, you're giving up 45 to Utah. Come on. Um, but they'll be better defensively, and they're just going to be unreal. They also have the running back. What's his name? Trayvon Williams. Here's the running back? Pull that up. Uh, Travion Henderson, he's also a menace. I mean, they're going to be unreal this year. Uh, but number one, I have Will Anderson, who I think, if you don't count quarterback need in my pre draft, pre 2023 NFL draft rankings, he would be the number one on my big board. If you're not counting quarterbacks, Will Anderson be number one on the big board. So, you know, I'll go off the mock of what they have it because, I mean, you know, I go off, I'll do websites. And so, hey, maybe they have. Uh, Who's a good team? Maybe they have the Jets have the number one pick. They like Zach Wilson still. Okay, well, we'll take Will Anderson. You know, it's like that. But it really, positional value, obviously the quarterback's going to go a little higher, and I think there's going to be a lot of top, a lot of quarterbacks going in round one uh, next draft. Um, but Will Anderson's the best player in college football, and he would, like I said, be the number one guy on my big board. He's unbelievable. So he is my, I know it's tough for, you know, defense players to win it, but man, if he just goes out there and bulldozes people, and he, you know, puts up insane numbers. Why not? So he's my number one heading into week one. Uh, so my pre-week one college football top 23 power rankings. Alabama's number one for me. I think they're still the most complete team because you know they're going to be pretty solid. They're going to be really solid defensively. That's the big question mark for Ohio State. I think Ohio State has better weapons, meaning receivers and running backs. I think Ohio, Ohio State does have better weapons there. Um, but they're, they're my number two. Uh, Texas a and is my number three. Uh, Ultra talented and, uh, you know, Am I maybe my feeding into my love for AM And the hype around them? Sure, but I think that Georgia is going to take a step back. Um, I think Notre Dame's is going to take a step back. I think a sleeper team down my board we'll get to in a minute. Um, I think Utah is a really big sleeper. Um, I also really like Arkansas, um, but you know, and Georgia, Georgia and Clemson will be there because they're so talented. But you know, so a three Georgia four. So I start with three SEC teams in my top four. I do have Clemson at five. Clemson's all going to be on Uyunglele as he progressed. I mean, I think he had he 55% completion percentage. Can't do that. So he, they're at five just because they're so talented, and he is very talented. So if he can figure it out, Clemson will probably be in the playoff because I don't know if they'll lose many games. Uh, Six, Notre Dame. I think they're still a really solid team. New coach. Uh, I think it's different with him. Uh, he's going to bring a fire uh, and the passion to Notre Dame. He loves the school. He's young. I liked, I didn't, I, it wasn't my favorite hire, but I love giving him a chance. Why not, you know? So yeah, Notre Dame is six. I do have Utah at seven, who like I said, we just talked about that Rose Bowl game. Utah is going, you know, Utah and USC, they're going to be fighting for the Pac-12 in my opinion, you know. Uh, You know, Pac-12 is probably hoping let's not cancel each other out. Can one of you go undefeated and one of you have one loss heading into the Pac-12 title game? Or both of you only have one loss, not one team has two and the other has one and the team with two beats it and then we're out of the playoff again? pac 12s open. you know, one of those Utah-USC's 11-1, 12-0, heading into the Pac-12 title. 8, Michigan. Again, I think there's a lot of unknown, and there is every year. It's it's really just your best guess because, I mean, teams fall so fast. But I'm going Michigan. You know, I think they'll be strong defensively. Um, I, I like Michigan. I like hardball, but I think they'll be fine. Oklahoma, I actually have at 9, one spot above USC. Uh, they actually turned in a pretty solid recruiting class after having guys leave They still turn in a top 10 recruiting class. I think OU is going to be just fine. Uh, USC at 10 for me. Um, Caleb Williams. They have Jordan Addison and Marvin Mims. They have also one of the best wide receiver duos in the country. I would probably put it second behind Ohio State's. And Jordan Addison, people think, could be the best out of all of them, though. Uh, Oregon 11, Bo Nix, their quarterback now. He's got to get accurate. Uh, If he's fixed his accuracy problems, I think Oregon will be fine. I think they'll be a really solid team. Uh, Back-to-back Big 12 teams here. I'm with Baylor, Oklahoma State. Uh love both both of them really good defenses. Um I think they'll be both them will be pretty solid. I you could argue, you know, with Oklahoma's uncertainty at quarterback too, and you know, first year Baylor Oklahoma State could easily be your Big 12 title game. Uh NC State at 14, NC State's gonna be really good. They'll give they'll give some problems here in the ACC. I think NC State's gonna be a really good team this year. Arkansas at fifteen just talked about I love Arkansas. I think, you know, a lot of hype around them too, but I do love Arkansas. I think they'll be just fine. Michigan State at sixteen um I'm always iffy on Sparty, but I think, you know, with Mel Tucker, they're they're ten win, they're a walking nine, ten one team. They're gonna be a tough out for anybody. Uh Wake Force at seventeen, prolific offense. All about that defense when you play, you know, if you play Clemson or NC State or whoever they got in their non conference, can you get a stop? And that's always gonna be their big concern. They're gonna put up points, but can they get a stop? Uh Kentucky at eighteen, always iffy about having Kentucky in my top twenty three because they just seem to disappoint you every year. Uh, Old Miss at nineteen. I haven't heard who the Old Miss starting quarterback will be. That could—that's right. Let's look. Old Miss starting QB. Have they named one? Both are doing well, so it's still a competition. Who won the job at UCF? That left. Let's check that out. Sorry, we're gonna take a break. I like Old Miss. I love Lane Kiffin. Um, congratulations on John Riles-Pumley. He has won the job at UCF. Don't know who that is. Let's see. So, who are the two? Jackson Dart, right, from SC, I believe. The SC, yeah, Jackson Dart, uh, who I think was a true freshman, and Luke Altmeyer. Um, I never like the idea... of getting this close to the season as a team that, you know, Ole Miss, obviously 10 wins last year, 11 wins, whatever it was. You never like to – I never – for a high-profile team, They're like to say, well, we still don't know who our quarterback's going to be. This could be Lane playing games, and he knows, or he really doesn't know. I mean, that's very possible. Uh, Houston at 20. Houston will be solid. KU's got to play Houston week three. I believe that'll be a tough one. Miami uh, Miami 21. Crystal balls there, always iffy about Miami. 22, Wisconsin. Always iffy about Wisconsin too, man. Just real iffy about the Big Ten teams sometimes. And now, whoa. I really don't have a lot of Big Ten teams in, do I? One? Oh, okay, I do. I do. Uh two. Three. I actually only have four. Easy to see six or seven Big Ten teams in there. And Cincinnati at twenty-three. Uh, Luke Fickle's a phenomenal coach. I you know, they lose Desmond Ritter. I'm kind of giving putting them at twenty-three is kinda giving the benefit of the doubt that I think Luke Fickle's a great coach and that he'll he'll be fine in the American Athletic. Okay. Conference champions. I'm just gonna name the three that I think are locks. Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. Clemson more on the You know, the lesser side of the lock. Ohio State-Alabama, let's just be honest. Um, But let's do, let's look up Big 12 football championship odds. Okay. So Oklahoma is the favorite at plus 200. Texas comes in at plus 275. I go bold KU plus 30,000 is ridiculous I'm going to go Texas do I think they lose to Alabama week two yes do I think Texas can win the big 12 yes I think Quinn is that good I think Bijan's that good they're talented I'm gonna go Texas I'm gonna say Texas finally gets over the hump I'm not saying 12-0 11-1 season maybe they don't even finish first at the end of the year maybe it's 10-2 and 9-3 and but they get into the big 12 title I'll go Texas I'm going to say Texas ends up winning the Big 12 championship later this year. And I believe I'm going to stick. I'm going to go with USC. Pac-12 football championship odds. Uh, USC is the favorite. Slightly plus 200. Utah plus 225. Oregon plus 300. Everyone else kind of... UCLA is plus 1,000. Okay, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it, and I'm going to go with USC winning the Pac-12. So my final conference champion predictions for the season, Alabama. Ohio, Alabama winning the SEC, Ohio State winning the Big Ten, Texas winning the Big 12, Clemson winning the ACC, and USC winning the Pac-12. Uh, soccer, we're going to kind of go over pretty quick, except the Liverpool fucking bonanza. So I was not good in Premier League. Th- we, uh, we matched a three. I actually went two wins, six losses, two draws. Uh, Tottenham was a win, and Arsenal was a win. Uh, Nottingham and Everton drew. Um, Brentford did not beat Fulham; I believe they drew. I picked Brentford to win. Uh, Leicester did not beat Southampton; I believe they lost. Villa Palace did not end up in a draw. Chelsea beat Leeds, or Chelsea. I had Chelsea beating Leeds. They got smacked by Leeds. West Ham can't figure it out. They can't score. West Ham, I think, has a chance to have relegation like battle at the end of the year. They can't score. They have nothing going forward. Uh, Man City, uh, Newcastle. I have Man City winning 3-2. It ended up being a draw, so I got a draw. And then I have Liverpool 3-1 of United. They obviously got smacked 2-1. Uh, yeah, we need to sign a midfielder. And I, I understand that they don't want to and everything's expensive and you know that you've waited this long. It's kind of like Manchester United, what they did, waiting... You end up paying 80 million for Casemiro, you're going to have to pay 100 million now for Anthony. Um you probably could have got Yuri Tillman's for 40 million at the beginning of the 30 to 30 to 40 million at the beginning of the transfer window. Now that it's so close and you know, possibly probably can't replace him, you going to cost you 60 million. Waited too long. We have faith in Jordan Henderson and James Milner way too much and Thiago being 32 age or 30, 31 age is the injuries kind of catching up I think we just had too much faith in the older guys I like the idea of what I heard of Liverpool for right now until they can get their squad fully healthy going to a back three um, I think I think Joel Motip's close to returning so you know you could go Joel Motip Van Dyke Joe Gomez in the back Arnold Alexander Arnold and, and Robertson at the wing backs, you go Fabinho in the midfield. You can also play Fabinho at the back. but you go Fabinho in the midfield with with Harvey or F- uh, Fabio Carvalho for to have some creativity next to Fabinho, and then you keep the same. Bobby Firmino's got to be done. I think when Jolt when Nunes gets back and then Jota's back, Bobby's probably not gonna see much playing time. You'll have Diaz, Nunes, Sala up top. Jota obviously rotating in there as well. But yeah, they gotta fix something, man. I I think the oh definitely I'll I'll, I'll probably. I would probably have to say that it's over to win the league, I would say. Top four is going to be tough. I think they can still win top four for sure, because I think Arsenal and City are going to be a two-horse race to win the league. I think Tottenham is probably your favorite to get third, but you've seen Chelsea is going to drop points. Man, you will drop points. You know, fourth is going to be attainable, I think. Third, second, very tough, but... Your goal, hopefully, our goal, you know, our goal being let's just get back into the top four so we have Champions League football uh, in 2023. But, you know, you may have to win Champions League. So we'll see what happens. Well, let's get into match day four. So right now, that hurt me. The two only two wins and six losses hurt my record. I'm now 13 wins, 11 losses, six draws. So, like I said, I'm going to predict match day four and five. So, Saturday, August 27 games, Man U goes to Southampton. I'm going to take Man U 2 1. Uh, Leicester at Chelsea. I think Chelsea bounces back at Stamford Bridge. 2-1 win. Bournemouth comes to Anfield. Come on. Liverpool 2-0. Digital uh, goals are tough to come by. It's, it's all Salah Nunes. We have no creativity to score goals right now. And Luis Diaz. Our front three. We have no help in the midfield, though. And Trent's playing horrible balls left and right against Man U. Uh, Crystal Palace at Man City. Give me 3-1 City. Everton-Brentford. I'm actually Everton fights for a draw. Brentford will cool off a little bit. 1-1 draw. Fulham at Arsenal. Give me Arsenal 2-0. Leeds at Brighton, 2-2. Sunday, August 28th games. West Ham at Villa. I think Villa gets a win here. 2-1 Villa. West Ham can't score. Newcastle at Wolves. Give me Newcastle 2-1. Tottenham at Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest, a team... I think Nottingham Forest and Fulham have a chance of staying up. Bournemouth is definitely the worst. I think Nottingham Forest will stay up and I think Fulham has a chance. Uh Tottenham 2-1 though over Nottingham. I think they'll I think they'll put up a fight. So Premier League match day five. Tuesday August 30th. Uh gimme you got Brentford at Crystal Palace. Give me Palace 2-1. Chelsea at Southampton. I'm gonna go draw here. Southampton 1-1 with Chelsea. Everton at Leeds give me Leeds 3-2. Brighton at Fulham 2-2 draw. Wednesday August 31st games Villa at Arsenal give me Arsenal 2-1. Wolves at Bournemouth, Wolves 1-0 Nottingham Forest at Man City, 3-0 City. Tottenham at West Ham, 1-1 draw. I'll say West Ham fights finally. They'll get a fight and they'll get a draw because Tottenham sometimes doesn't play too aggressive. Uh, Newcastle at Liverpool. Liverpool starts to figure things out. 3-2 Liverpool. Uh, Thursday, September 1st, United at Leicester. And I'm also going to go United 3-2. So let's get into the combat sports world. Usyk, Joshua, How did I score? What did I think? Uh, I saw first two rounds were tough. I I thought Joshua won round two. Um, I've went back and watched like glimpses of it. Um, so rounds three to seven, all Usyk for me. So that's five. I thought it was, in my opinion, I thought it was six, one after, after seven. Maybe five two, I'll go on the I'll go on the the closer side five two after seven, eight and nine Joshua so that puts it five four, 4 10-11-12, though I go all Usyk, so I had eight rounds to four you could say nine rounds to three the round one was a toss up, I had eight rounds to four Usyk I thought they were gonna screw him on the scorecards to be completely honest. especially when they read 115-113 Joshua was like oh they're gonna screw him only reason I knew they weren't gonna I guess. When they read Joshua, because they, they they read it out, Usyk 115-113. Then it was Joshua 115-113. That's when I was like, oh, screw job. But then the last judge, when they said 116-112, I knew it wasn't screw job because there's no way, no way you can give Joshua eight rounds. Will Usyk free me? It will be. December 17th is a targeted date. Most likely back in Jeddah. They'll pay the most money. Uh, I heard that. So Joshua and Usyk split the purse. Seventy-five million a piece. I heard this one could be a hundred million a piece for Usyk and Joshua, or Usyk and Fury. It could be a two hundred million dollar uh, purchase by uh, J- and Jeddah. So, yeah, big fight. What is the future hope for AJ? It depends what he wants to do. If he wants to stay the course and keep fighting, I think there is some big fights for him. Uh, Ruiz, Andy Ruiz fights, uh, big Luis Ortiz. If Ruiz gets past Ortiz, you could do a a Joshua Ruiz trilogy. Uh, if Wilder looks good against uh, Helenius, you could finally do. I do. I still think AJ Wilder sells real well I mean they've been Because they've been harping on that one for a while I know that they now have Well technically They should both have Three losses Wilder did not be Fury in the first fight Joshua's lost to Ruiz And then he lost to Usyk twice I still think you can Sell the shit Out of that fight Wilder Joshua I think he can still Sell the If I'm Joshua I think maybe next summer I think he fights In October Wilder Yeah He wins in October April May Of next year Joshua AJ or I mean yeah Joshua Wilder come on I think that's what's next I think Usyk was just too skilled I saw for the first time though because I didn't I didn't watch the first fight I watched highlights of the first fight I did not watch the first fight full ever um from watching this one I actually watched this full live I saw though that Usyk is good Man, though, when he gets when he gets those patches, of B, he he does have a little bit of a cardio problem. Like he'll he'll have like those middle ground rounds, like six to eight, maybe. And you know, it's gonna be different with Fury, where he gets tired a little bit, and he's probably not bagging five or six straight rounds against Fury. That's not gonna be good getting tired because Fury's gonna lean on you. He's gonna really stay on you inside. That's just gonna be a call for disaster. I think Fury finishes Usyk actually because Joshua should have. In 8-9, and, eight and nine, Joshua should have finished him. If that was Fury, the Fury who is fighting now, a different man, a guy that moves forward, puts pressure on you, leans on you, throws big punches, he puts Usyk away in 8-9. and nine. 8 or 9, he puts him away. So let's get on to UFC 278. The kick heard around the world. Leon Edwards shocks the world. K.O.'s Kamara Usman with a head kick in round 5. Will they run it back? We will obviously get to what's next, but I'll talk about that a little bit here. Shocking. Uh so round one, Edwards looked very good. Uh defended the wrestling pretty well, got a takedown of his own, ended up getting his back bags round one. I was like, wow, you know, Edwards has a real chance. Next three rounds are disaster for him. It's all Usman in the wrestling, forward pressure, it's all Usman. Round five, more of the same, really. It's all Usman and then Herb people asked do I agree with Herb, you know, standing them up. I did because they had kind of been in that clinch scenario for, you know, a little bit. I agree with the separation. And again, Usman probably made the mistake of just not going right back after and putting more pressure on him. I don't know if he was like, man, I don't want to just hold him there and get separated again, or whatever it was. If Usman got a little tired, he could have got a little tired in the altitude. Edwards sets up a beautiful, beautiful little faint jab left into a high kick knockout, fights over. Leon Edwards, the new welterweight champion of the world. Um, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I was not, I didn't even see the knockout live. I'll be honest. I was looking at my phone. I thought this is over. Usman's going to ride out these last, this last 55 seconds. The fight is over. He'll win the decision, move on to probably fight, you know, either, you know, either he moves up or he fights the winner of Hamzat, Nate. But, you know, that is not the case now. We are on, we are in different talking terms now about the welterweight division with Leon Edwards, the champion. Will they run it back? We're going to get into that. And what's next? I probably shouldn't have put that in there. We are going to get into that. Because I think, I think, I just think something else is going to happen here, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Paulo Costa, Luke Rockel, best fight of the night for sure. I mean, even though it was thirty twenty seven, Luke Rockel, the toughness he showed in his last fight, obviously retiring. What is his legacy? He's one of the most talented fighters ever. You know, I think uh, he got a little too high on himself, though. I think he probably could have had a very long reigning title run if he would have been, you know, a little a little bit more humble and down to earth. Uh, I think he was just a little too high, a little too cocky, and you know it hurt him. He got knocked out three times, and it really hurt him. Stood stood up this time, though. Took a lot of big shots. Wobbled Costa multiple times to where he thought, could he get a finish? Uh, so Costa, uh, again, I've always thought I like I like watching Paul Costa. There's nothing to not like when watching Paul Costa fight. He's going to be in exciting fights. The thing I've always said is I thought he's a tad overrated because... Now, again, he showed really good wrestling, actually, and grappling against Rockhold. Now, was that due to Rockhold being completely gassed? Possibly. He cannot test for He does have one more fight left on his deal. So if he doesn't resign, the UFC is going to probably, I'm guessing, give him a very tough fight going out. But what will that look like? Because do they really... Like, let's say Whitaker beats Vittori, or Vittori beats Whitaker, and they, he, he fights Vittori or Whitaker do they really let's say Whitaker wins do they really want to let Costa have the chance at beating Robert Whitaker going into free agency because what if he beats Robert Whitaker and goes into free agency a lot of money coming his way a lot of money so he's one fight left what will the UFC do what if he' he I don't think he's going to resign from what I've heard is he would love to stay but he would love to see the other offers that he could get so I think he's going to fight out the last fight when will his last fight be who knows UFC might hold him out for a while um, but yeah, unbelievable fight. Uh, I think he will test ratings after his next fight. Again, we'll get into what's next after. Uh, Marab. Although you know, it wasn't the best fight. First round was okay. Aldo looked really good in round one. Seemed to kind of gas. People were saying the altitude really fucked with people. Did not fuck with Marab. He was able to put the pressure. Never really seen a fighter win and going 0 for 16 on takedowns. But, you know, he put the pressure on Aldo. Aldo really couldn't do anything when it got on the c- c- fence. I didn't think all. I actually thought... Marab was winning the striking exchanges when it was at distance because I think Aldo was so worried about the takedown. Um, Did Marab show you enough to show he's really elite? No, no, I don't. I would not. I think the a fight with let's say if they want to make Cheeto Vera Marab, I'm fine with that. But if they were choosing between those two and who gets a title shot, I would definitely go Cheeto Vera. More exciting, you know, just knocked out Dom Cruz, beat Rob Font. You know, beat Frank Yeager by vicious knockout. Marab's winning, you know, finished Marlon Marais, don't get me wrong, but decisions, Aldo. Um Now, I don't know, because Marab said that Aldo told him that he's retiring. We have not heard that from Jose Aldo. Um, where does Aldo go from here? I don't know. I think if I would love to see him have one more big fight, maybe him and Dom Cruz, a retirement fight for both guys. I think I would like to see both guys retire. I mean, Dom Cruz, maybe not so much. I Actually, I would really say that neither guy should retire, but it wouldn't it wouldn't upset me if they did. Dom Cruz, though, was winning the fight against Chido Vera until he got head kicked. Like, but Dom has been getting dropped a lot lately. I think somebody said he's been dropped now seven times in his last three fights, and he was dropped like maybe that much or less in his previous 21 fights or 24 fights. It's tough. So what's next for these fighters? Let's pull up the UFC rankings. Um, and see what see what I think's gonna happen next. So let's get into, let's start out. We're gonna go Leon and Uzman last. Let's start with Marab. So Marab actually moved up to three. He jumped Sandhagen and Vera. That's interesting. That doesn't matter as much when Dana's picking who's fighting for the title. Okay. So we don't have the bandway title fight until October. August, almost to September, October—about about six weeks out from the bantamweight title. Also on that card, Peter Yan and Sean O'Malley. So here's what I think is probably gonna happen. You also have Marlon Vera and—or no, no—you also have Song Yadong and so- Corey Sandhagen fighting uh, September 10th. Oh no, September 17th. Another big fight. Rob Font's there. I'm guessing he's not getting a fight. I'm going to say because there's six weeks left, and I'm guessing what they're probably thinking here. If Dillashaw wins, the winner of, no matter what, the winner of Jan and Sean O'Malley will fight for the belt. If Sterling wins, I would probably guess that it would have to take O'Malley beating Jan for O'Malley to fight for the belt there, and I don't know if they'll do Jan-Sterling three this quick. So I think they'll probably end up making Mirab versus Cheeto Vera next. I would say a five-round fight night main event maybe in you know in november or something or in december i think that's the fight to make I right, so for both those yeah i would say Rob fights chito vera for aldo dom cruz sitting there at eight he's already fought rob font i don't think they'll throw him against one of the top guys like i said i think uh i think just D- josé aldo dom cruz makes too much sense if they're gonna fight i think that fight makes a ton of sense that's what i would go with so rockhold retired we can do the heavyweight one. Tibera got a big win, didn't he? Tibera. I would do Tybura. Pavlovich is up to five. Oh, he jumped Aspinall after the win over Lewis. I would do Tibera versus Lewis if they're not doing Pavlovich versus Lewis rematch because of the early stoppage. Yeah, I would do Tibera versus Derek Lewis next. That'd be the fight I'd make. Uh, for Romanov, probably, you know, I don't know, Spivak maybe. So at middleweight, uh Costa stays at six. So you got Candir and Vittori fighting. Derek Brunson's fighting Jack Hermanson. Sean Strickland's fighting Jared Candier, Pereira's fighting Whitaker. So literally everyone is booked right now. Hermanson's fighting Brunson. Till, who don't know about the injury, he's not gonna fight anybody out. Darren Till will be the lowest he'd fight. They're not going he's not gonna fight Munez. he's not gonna fight Gaslam. I'm just probably going to say the winner of Ken near vittori because it's so... Or no, uh, the winner of Whitaker-Vittori because it's so close. You know, it's in two weeks. Or a week from Saturday. I'm going to say that they do the winner of Vittori-Whittaker will fight Paulo Costa. Even if it's the rematch with Vittori. Unless he waits a little bit longer. I don't know when these Strickland... Uh, Strickland-Kanier is in October, I think. Or November. I think Hermanson brunsons also in November. Is he going to wait that long? We'll see. Don't think he takes fight at 205. Um. So yeah, I'll th- I'll say the winner of whitaker Vittori is next. whitaker Vittori is next for uh, Paulo Costa. So here's what's gonna happen. I think what I what I've read is Usman wants to fight Edwards immediately again, but Edwards is itching to fight in December or January. He'd love to fight again. He wants to get moving. So. I don't think Usman's going to fight till March or April. I really don't. I think he takes significant time off, as he should. And no matter when he comes back, whoever has the belt, he will be fighting for the title. He had five title defenses in a row, 15 straight wins. He will 100% be fighting for the title when he comes back. So now we talk about what could, who could Edwards fight in December or early January. You have Colby Covington there. You have out fighting Nate. He already said he would give Nate the title shot if Nate won. And the UFC would probably oblige to get Nate back. Hamzat could get the title shot with a win. Gilbert Burns and Masvidal should be outside looking in for me. I think they should fight. Bilal Muhammad is fighting Sean Brady. If Bilal were to win dominantly, even though I think Edwards was going to beat Bilal, Bilal could have an argument. So I'll rank him in order. Um, I think there's... One, two, three, four, five, six guys, if you're not counting Usman. So at 6, I'm going to put Gilbert Burns, honestly. At 5, I'm going to put Bilal Muhammad. At 4, I'm going to put Jorge Masvidal. I'll actually put Jorge above Bilal because there is some backstory. At 3, I'm going to put Nate Diaz, and that's only because I think Hamzat at 2 because I think Hamzat's going to win. I think the next fight to make, though, in December January, is Leon Edwards versus Colby Covington. Colby Covington beat Masvidal. He's fought very two close fights with Kamaru Usman, who Edwards, yeah, he knocked him out, and it, that's part of it. Do I people saying it's lucky is ridiculous? He was on his way to losing that fight, though. Let's just be honest. Everybody, be honest. He was going to lose that fight. I think Edwards versus Covington is the right fight to make. I really do. I don't see how it's not. If Usman's gonna sit out for a while, now if Usman's gonna be ready by January, Usman will get the next title shot. I don't think. I think he's gonna sit out till March or April. People say he should. At 35, you know, I know he's never really had chin problems, but you get knocked out like that at 35, it's a lot different. So I think he should sit out till March, April, May, and like I said, when he comes back, he will get the title shot. My guess is what will happen is if Usman isn't ready, they will give the winner of Hamzat Diaz the title shot. They're not putting Hamza and Diaz in the, in the main event of a pay-per-view if something big isn't coming next. Now, it gets tricky if Nate wins, though. He's a free agent. They'd have to now re-sign Nate. That would be the only thing good for a Colby, if, you, if you're vouching for a Colby Covington title fight, is Nate winning because maybe Nate's like, I'm still not re-signing, I don't care if you're giving me a title shot. Unless they were like, unless Nate signed a one-fight deal. UFC doesn't do that, though. I think if Usman's ready by January, Usman's next. If he's waiting till later, it'll be Hamzat, Nate, or Colby. Those three. I don't think Masvidal gets it. Not ranked 9, losing three straight fights, one-sided. Yes, the first Usman fight was a boring decision. Still 50-45. Then he gets KO'd by Usman. Then he gets 50-45 by Colby. How can you watch it? I know he's a big name. People are going to say, what about Conor? I never said that Connor should get a title fight. I wouldn't be shocked, but Connor's also a way bigger star than Masvidal. That's not even comparison. Nate's a bigger star than Masvidal. Come on. At the end of the day, I think it's Hamzat, Nate winner, has, has the front row ticket if Usman doesn't want it immediately. Colby Covington would have to hope Nate wins. Because like I said, they're trying to build Hamzat into the next superstar. If Hamzat beats Nate, he's going to get the next title shot. If Usman's not ready. If Usman's ready, then you could get Hamzat Colby. That'd be Colby's way back to a title. If he could beat Hamzat, for sure. So yeah, those would be my predictions. Um, and now we can get into... What do we got? Fantasy football, right? So I was in a dynasty league. We'll do that one last. That was on sleeper. And then I'm in a keeper league on NFL fantasy and a full redraft. Uh, the keeper and the full redraft were eight-man and the dynasty is ten-man the first annual unedited pod is eight man. So let's get into my one night draft. First, this was a eight man draft keeper. I kept Jonathan Taylor. Um oh, I guess I can probably look uh League draft recap. I can look at my order order my picks. They project me every year, I don't know why. I'll finish it. I'll finish either winning the title, losing the title, or in the semifinals of the playoffs. I'm predicted to do shit every year. That's fine though. Results by team. So Jonathan Taylor was who I got as he's my keeper. So my first pick was just, I went zero running back. So zero running back. I know it's kind of cheating, but I bumped it down to where I didn't. Usually in zero running back, you take a running back around six. I didn't take one till eight because I kept Jonathan Taylor. So I made it a little more difficult. Still ended up some damn good running backs. I took Justin Jefferson with my first pick, C.D. Lamb my second pick, Patrick Mahomes with my fourth pick, T. Higgins with my fifth pick, then I went George Kittle and Deron Waller back-to-back, Cam Akers it was my first running back, I took th- three straight running backs, I went Cam Akers, Chase Edmonds, J.K. Dobbins, then I got Goblin and Hopkins in round 11 and 12, Goblin obviously the injury concerns, Hopkins though you're going to get after week 6, he's suspended of course, I love my receivers though. Going to be a tough, if unless injuries are in play, it's going to be a tough pick uh, Comes come week six on. Uh, then I went Kenneth Walker. I went some upside picks. I went three upside picks late. Um, I went Kenneth Walker and then Sky Moore. Kenneth Walker, I know he's got the hernia problem, I think will be the starting running back in Seattle at some point. Sky Moore, I think, is going to be unreal in the Chiefs' offense. I then went with Tom Brady to, have my back, to get my backup quarterback. And then I went Isaiah Pacheco, the Chiefs running back, who I think is going to turn into a stud. And then I went Saints defense, Nick Folk. So that was my keeper. My keeper league draft. This one is a full redraft. Eight-man draft recap, please. Uh, results, again, they have me projecting bad. They have me projecting to finish dead, almost dead last good lord so by team Jonathan Taylor I picked two because quarterback went pick one I went DeAndre Swift with my second pick I went C.D. Lamb with my third pick and I went Javante Williams with my fourth pick I like to load up on running backs if I can early in redrafts I think it helps you in the long run there's so many receivers that can be good I went Terry McLaurin as my second receiver took these I I would you know I took these guys a little earlier but I think Goblin's gonna come back and he's gonna be Brady's number one target for receptions Took Godwin, then Hopkins again. I know he's got to miss a little, but that's fine. I got Elijah Mitchell in round eight. I was happy with that. Went TJ Hawkinson in round nine. So I didn't take... I'm usually a quarterback guy. I'll usually take quarterback early. And I know the other one I took one in round four. That was also zero running back. So I was definitely going to take quarterback before I took a running back. I took Dak Prescott in round 10. I was thrilled with. I got Juju in round 11. Chase Edmonds. Zach Ertz. James Cook, who I think is going to be a stud in Buffalo. I got my backup quarterback, Derek Carr. Then I went Devonta Smith. And I got Saints defense and Ryan Suckup, Devontae Smith, and then hold on, I think I already picked up somebody because obviously I had who did I pick up? I picked up, uh, oh, I picked up Alan Lazard because I threw Hopkins in the reserve. Oh, uh, so who did I pick up? In? Let's go back to that other league. Um, I picked up somebody else as well because I threw Hopkins in the, I threw Hop, I picked up uh, Russell Gage, who uh, you know Goblin could be out week one, week two, so Russell Gage he's gonna get those slot targets week one I probably would start I would probably think about starting him um but yeah I love both those teams um, and those are my two those are two of my money league drafts and here will be my third one on sleeper it's a dynasty so I'll tell you how dynasty works you draft your team and then you keep this team for years to come you have rookie drafts rookie drafts will be uh, just like an NFL draft Pick one to ten, and then whoever was the worst in this league will get pick one in round two. So you know you could you could be bad and have really good picks, or you know you can be you know good and have later first round picks. So right now I, I tried to balance my team in dynasty leagues because um, you get four taxi spots. Those are basically practice squad guys, um, and I might make it a trade. So you'll hear a guy on the taxi squad that won't be there for sure. He'll get moved up. Um, my team right now, I got Josh Allen at quarterback, so 26-year-old Allen, we don't have to worry about quarterback, Nick Chubb and Devontae Montgomery my starting running backs, which I like, Montgomery's 20, 25, Nick Chubb, I know with the, he's still got, he's only 26, uh, then I got Justin Jefferson, he was the guy I took first, I had picked two, I took him, 23 obviously, I ended up getting DJ Moore, who's only 25, Uh, Tight ends I waited on. Austin Hooper's my starting tight end right now. Only 27, though. Chase Edmonds right now is in my starting flex with J.K. Dobbins. That may not stand. That's just where it is right now. Nick Folk. Nick Folk in New Orleans my defense. You'll hear that a lot. Derek Carr is my backup quarterback. Justin Fields I also have on the roster. Kenneth Gainwell. Pick Gainwell because Miles Sanders can't stay healthy. I then have Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Alan Lazard, Devin Duvernay, Drake London, and Hunter Henry. Injured reserve spot, did pickups, just just picked this guy up, put him in the injured reserve. John Mechie, who could also end up sliding into my taxi spots. And my four taxi players right now, Garrett Wilson is in there. He will be moved up. I'm looking at a trade where it's a two-for-one, me getting, I'm trading two players away, getting a player and a pick, so I'll have an open roster spot. Garrett Wilson will be bumped back up. Uh, but I have Isaiah Likely, the tight end for Baltimore. J- uh, James Cook, the running back for Buffalo. Buffalo. Uh, Kayvon Turpin, the wide receiver for Dallas, the return man, and then Garrett Wilson. I liked my team. I thought it went pretty balanced with veterans that are going to play and uh, produce, and then also a lot of young guys that I could have for the future or that could hit this year. So those are my three Money League teams again here. The Podcast League, pre-draft. Here, we could do a live mock draft and see how this goes. Uh, It'll be four teams making the playoffs out of eight. Here, let's do it. Let's do a mock draft live right here. Why not? I have pick one. Start the draft. So, pick one. I would honestly... I honestly want to see how this plays out. If I go running back, I want to see how it plays out. I know that we will be drafted differently, but it's only eight man, so I feel like I can get two good rece- quarterbacks still on the turn. So, I'm going to go Jonathan Taylor. There goes Herbert, Allen, Mahomes, Lamar... Joe Burrow, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Kyler Murray, McCaffrey, Eckler, Jamar Chase, Kelsey, got the stack, Najee. So, dude, yeah, there's still some good ones. So, right here, I would. I'm going to go more upside with this pick because. I'm gonna go a little more upside on this. I'm gonna go Jalen Hurts and then I'm going to go Trey Lance as my first two quarterbacks. So my first so my team right now is Jonathan Taylor, Jalen Hurts, Trey Lance. I don't think this will play out this way though. I think I think you're gonna get at least three to four teams taking two running backs in the first two rounds. So come back to me. I'd like to go wide rec- I'd like to go running back again. You want to get running backs. So I have Jonathan Taylor. I'm actually going to go with wait, who's here at wide receiver? I'm actually going to go Debo Samuel here. So I got the stack with Trey Lance and Debo. Do I want another? I'm going to wait on receiver. There's so many good ones. Let's get a second running back in here. Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Javante Williams. Hmm. Kamara worries me with this pending suspension and just Jameis being the quarterback. I'm going to go Javante Williams. I think he's going to get a shit ton of touches. So we're going to go Javante. So the roster right now. Jalen Hurts, Jonathan Taylor, Javante Williams, Debo Samuel, Trey Lance as my super flex. Have not picked a tight end, which can be dangerous. We're gonna get one right here. We're gonna go Dalton Schultz, tight end premium. I think that's an unbelievable tight end premium pick. Wide receiver here. I have Debo. I'm now going to go Michael Pittman. Or do I go another running back and just keep waiting? Ooh. I'm gonna take a receiver. To get my so I have one more flex open still. So right now it's Jalen Hurts, Jonathan Taylor, Javante Williams, Debo, Michael Pittman, Dalton Schultz, Trey Lance, and the super flex. I have one more flex to pick. Receivers are so good late, I'd like to take a running back here. Um, I don't want that. I don't think I want that many. Uh... I'm going to take a risk here and take Josh Jacobs because they cut Kenyon Drake. I think Jacobs still going to get a shit ton of touches. Let me go Josh Jacobs. And then I think I'm going to go another QB because the QBs are gone, gone, gone. We want to get a third. Um Let's go. What are my buys? 9 and 7. I'm going to go Trevor Lawrence as my third quarterback off the bench. I like that. I like that a lot. I got three running backs, two receivers. Three quarterbacks now, so I don't have to worry about taking another quarterback. If I want one later, I can't have a fourth, but I don't need to because all three of my buys are different. Um, I do want to possibly – can I get it still? Maybe take him later. We want to get another receiver. I'm going to take Juju. One of the running backs right now. We do probably – should probably take another running back. Um Who do I want here? Give me Tony Pollard and then wide receiver. Dude, I'll do it again. I've been doing it. I'm gonna keep doing it. I'm gonna go Hopkins. I'll keep doing this. I have no problem with to keep doing this. So there we go. Take Hopkins, come back around. If he's here, I'll take him. He is here. I'm going to take Zach Ertz as my backup tight end. So we have three running backs, three receivers, two tight ends, three quarterbacks. Probably want to go another running back here. Oh, I have four running backs. I still want to go another running back, I think. Because I do like, wait, is the receiver I want here? I am actually going to go, I'm actually going to go Christian Kirk. I'll pick another. So now I'm four four receivers, four running backs, three quarterbacks, two tight ends. Definitely gonna want to go running back here. Um, I see a guy I really want. Don't know if he falls to me here though. Okay, he does. I'm gonna take a. I'm gonna take Damien Pierce from uh Houston. Um. I feel like if I don't take another running back here, I probably won't get another good one. I'm gonna take Michael Carter. So what do we have left? How many bench spots do we have left? We have two bench spots left. i would probably go receiver, quarterback. And then I'll take my defensive kicker last, always. So my receivers right now are Kirk, Hopkins. I definitely need a receiver. Badly. Which I'll be able to pick up another one if I draft Hopkins in real life because um, I'm going to take Sky Moore. Or do I? I don't think I need, I don't want three quarterbacks this time. I don't want four quarterbacks. I just want the three. I'm gonna take another receiver. Um ooh. I'm gonna take Christian Watson. So a little more upside there at receiver. So now we just take kicker and defense. Not a problem. Not a problem at all. Uh, kicker, we will take, I like taking Prater or Nick Folk. Nick Folk just went. I'll take Matt Prater. And then for defense, give me the Colts defense. I don't mind my team. So let's go through it. If, uh, this would be, this is obviously a mock. Just did a mock here to end the pod. I love that. So my team ended up being... Uh, Jalen Hurts at quarterback, Jonathan Taylor and Javante Williams my running backs, Debo and Pittman my receivers, Dalton Schultz my tight end, Josh Jacobs in my flex, Trey Lance in my super flex, Prater and Colts defense, Trevor Lawrence my third quarterback, my other running backs on the team, Michael Carter, Damian Pierce and Tony Pollard my receivers, Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Sky Moore, Christian Watson, and then Zach Hurts my backup tight end. I would not mind that team at all. But yeah, I'll, uh, we'll do. we'll be back Sunday. With the uh, actual draft. Thank you guys for listening. Peace.